right, so got some announcements for you, of course. All right, so first off, uh, there's no meal scheduled for this week. Um, oh, man, yes. Um, but there will be coffee, fellowship time afterwards, so you can still stay around, pray for one another, talk to one another, that kind of thing. The kind of things that we do as a church, of course. Um, as a fellowship, um, we are planning on helping uh, Paul and Cheryl Hoffland um, with medical expenses. Um, you've probably heard about um, she had an ear infection. It went to her, her brain, right? I mean, I don't know all the details, but um, um, we are going to be taking an uh, offering for them this morning. So if you have an amount that you'd like to add as a gift um, towards them, we'll be giving it as, as a church sort of en masse. Um, so just designate that on your checks today as, you're, as we do tithes and offerings, that kind of thing, if you'd like to give um, towards helping them, that kind of thing. They could really, really appreciate it, I'm sure. Um, Pastor Dean will be having uh, teaching sessions on Wednesday, October 4th and the 11th, so this Wednesday and uh, next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, the study will focus on the principles of ministering freedom. So come to that. I don't think they haven't had a Wednesday in a little while, so... Make sure you note that. Um, also, um, we are designating uh, Wednesday, October 18th as the 10-strike uh, workday and evening. Um, various projects will be taking place in many different areas of the church. Um, there will be something for everyone to do, so if you don't think you have any special skills, uh, think again. Uh, please come and help, I suppose. Uh, so that's, again, uh, Wednesday, October 18th, so that's three, three Wednesdays from now or whatever. Um, there's more information to come, but um, as much help as can be gotten will be appreciated. Um, just another reminder of, about the, the women's retreat on October 27th and 28th, uh, the True Bridge Women's Retreat here at Ten Strike. Um, um, there's information out in the foyer if you want it. Um, the deadline for registration is this Wednesday, October 4th. Um, also, we'll just start uh, giving this announcement every week that we are um, having Hallelujah Night this year. On Tuesday, October 31st, so at the end of the month, today is the first, so we have 30 days till then. Um, we're planning on having a simple meal that you can come and enjoy at 5 uh, to 5.30, and then games and fun to follow with lots of treats and good stuff for the kids. Um, if you want to come and join the fun, uh, they need volunteers. They're looking for volunteers. That's kind of the big push. Um, so let, uh, let Kathy Cootley know, um, and she'll, she'll assign you a place. She'll find you something to do. Um, also, they're looking for people to bring uh, bags of candy to the church on any Sunday this October. So, you know, bring in, donate candy. They're really looking for that. Um, uh, they want the kids to have plenty of goodies to put in their bags. So any donations would be appreciated. Um, and last, there's lots of, lots of announcements this week. But um, from, uh, this is from Chantel Dudley. That, um, um, Chantel Dudley is planning a game night at her home or at Kenton uh, Chantel Dudley's home. On uh, November 17th at 6 p.m., um, they're inviting uh, couples from the church to come and for a fun evening of games and fellowship. Um, please bring a snack item. Feel free to bring your favorite game, whatever that may be. They have room for three different areas, at least six to ten people per game. Adults only, please. <laughs> so that sounds fun. All right. So for our tithes and offerings today, I do have a blessed life moment for us. And just a reminder that the boxes are on the back for tithes and offerings, and I'll say a prayer after I'm done reading this. Um, and this is called Grace and Giving, and it starts off with uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8 in the NIV. And it states, um, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all needs, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, if you want an accurate measure of how much you understand grace, how much you're living by grace, a self-examination, if you will, this morning, I challenge you to take a step back and honestly ask yourself, am I the cheerful giver that Paul is speaking of here? Notice the alls that we are giving here. All grace, all things, at all times, having all that you need. These are promises, promises relating to the person who becomes like Christ. And what was Christ like? I think that he was a giver. Uh, but he was not the giver that the Jewish people thought they had foreseen in their prophecies. 
Notice that he didn't come as the grand warrior to give Israel back their land out of Roman rule, as they had hoped. Instead, he came as a simple man, the kind that would give away what little he possessed, but surpassed all expectation of satisfaction. He gave away a meager lunch of fish and loaves, yet fed the thousands with baskets to spare. He gave three years of teaching, and yet clarified 4,000 years of questions about the nature of God. And he gave, of course, a single sacrifice and covered the collective evil of all creation for all time. Now, I believe that until we learn to be generous with what, we, what is in our possession, our time, our resources, our opportunities, I'm not sure if we will truly be like Christ. As representatives on this world of God's kingdom, as symbolic representations of God living in peace with man, fully reconciled and living in union together, we need to know our role. We need to know our identity and who he is as who we are right now. Yes, we live from glory to glory. Yes, we live from faith to faith. But this means we need to step into that glory. We need to step into that faith. Step out in faith. And I believe this comes from that deepest heart change, from that deep encounter with the impossible goodness of our Father, trusting in the God who in Deuteronomy 5 says that he visits his infinite blessings to the thousandth, thousandth generation of those who trust him and follow him, now, I can assure you this morning that we are not working for thin promises and meager rewards, that his blessings will only increase exponentially from us to our children and our children's children. So let us see our lives today with these eyes of faith. Let us not bury our talents, as the parable warns, in fear, but to give boldly to one another in love, knowing fully that our stores will not run dry, but we will overflow as the vaults of the richest kings who we are. Right? Right. All right. So, Father, thank you that we are not a collective of the poor and the powerless as we once were before you. But in you, we are kings. We are prophets. We are people who make a difference in this world, whether we see it or not, that when you are with us, you are with us and you are making a difference around us. So help us to open our eyes to see what you are doing in our lives what you are doing in the lives around us, and help us to see with thanksgiving what you've given us, that we have the abundant life of Jesus Christ in us, and therefore the abundance that comes out from that. In your name, amen. The power goes out, you need some backup power. Hallelujah. Our backup power is the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> when all else fails in the world, you turn to God. He's got your back. You need to believe that. And we want to talk today about power and authority and dominion because God has given us authority and he has also given us dominion. You know, in the beginning... He made man, and he said, I give you dominion over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the beasts of the field. But we know that Adam gave that dominion away when he fell into sin. The Bible says that Satan is the god of this world. And if you don't believe me, you just listen to the news. You want to get depressed? Listen to the news. You want to get blessed? Then listen to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because that's where the power and the authority of God rests, is in his word. No, the Bible says that the power of life and death abides in your tongue. So what we need to speak, we need to speak that word that has been written. Because it has authority. It has the power to change the circumstances of our lives. We just need to believe that that word is for us, it's for this hour. We just need to believe that we're God's favorite kid.
You know, in the real world, you know, people have kids. And there are mothers, you know, their favorite sometimes is not necessarily the best behaved. He's not always the most obedient. And I think it's that way in the kingdom of God. God still loves us, even when we stray, even when we turn away from him. We're still his favorite kid, and he's still calling out to us, and he's still crying out to us. And this word is still real, and it's still for us. And he's calling us back to that place where he can bless us. And that's, that's his, his greatest desire, is to bless his church. You know that old saying, the word of God says that God is love. And if, if we are his kids, and that spirit of God dwells in us, then we need to walk in love. And that is the greatest commandment. And you know, sometimes we say, God, where are you? And I heard it said, you want to find God? Turn and look at your neighbor, and you'll be looking at him face to face. And if we can get a hold of that. And sometimes our neighbor will turn on us in wrath, but we need to realize it's not him. There's a demon spirit operating behind that. But we have authority. And sometimes we haven't got there yet. I want to read this morning from the book of Ephesians. And if you have your Bibles, follow along with me. Ephesians chapter 1. Starting with verse 17, says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the excellence exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and, and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one that is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us live together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And not, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And then in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off, have been brought near 
by the blood of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We have come to a new place. We have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. That God has seated us together with Christ in heavenly places. That word is for us. That is the place of authority. Hallelujah. And sometimes the devil comes against us and we're looking for somebody to pray for us. You know, and if you're like me, you've been in the church for 30 years. We need to realize that we have authority in the name of Jesus. And sometimes it's up to us to take authority over those demon forces that would be operating in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. The Word of God says that whatsoever, I like whatsoever, that means anything. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And that word is for the church. It's for us. We don't need to let the devil walk over us. Sometimes we need to stand up and take authority. And say, Satan, enough is enough. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Not because I have authority, but because the greater one lives in me. The authority is really in the word. And when we speak the word, we speak what's in alignment with this word. The Bible says that Satan will flee from us. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So we enter his presence through the blood. Saints of old used to plead the blood. We need to learn to do that too. Plead the blood over our own lives, over our houses, over our, our lands. Plead the blood over our children. Draw a circle of blood around them and say, Satan, you will not cross that line. And I remember the testimony. And these are people that I know. They prayed a bloodline around the property of their children. And one day somebody was walking the perimeter of, the, of their land. And they found five dead foxes. And they tested them. And they all had rabies. But they could not cross that line. And so we need to learn to pray in faith. And trust God. That he hears us. That we have his ear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And so we know that we are in a spiritual battle against principalities and powers of darkness. We need to have our armor on, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. 
But most of all, we need to carry the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. And when we speak, we should be speaking his word. Over every situation in our lives. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. Oh, hallelujah. And so we need to believe and we need to confess that God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? The greater one lives on the inside of me. Hallelujah. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And if he dwells in me, the Bible says he quickens my mortal body. And you need to walk in that. You need to confess that over your life. You need to believe that greater is he that is in you than whatever is coming against you. And that means sickness in your physical body. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. There is a doctor's report. And I know a lot of people, they put that doctor's report above the word of God. And what you need to do is take that doctor's report and put it under the word of God. Hallelujah. Because greater... Greater is he that is in me to overcome anything that the devil has sent against me. Hallelujah. If you are truly in Christ, if you belong to him, that all you have belongs to him. Hallelujah. It's not your house anymore. It's his house. And that's your physical house with shingles on the roof. But it's also your spiritual house that you're walking around in. You know, your physical body. You just need to believe that what's written is true. It's for you. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood all over the world. It says, resist him. And I was at school this week, and they got big dictionaries there. And I thought, I'm going to look up that word, resist. Resist, according to Webster, means to withstand, to strive against, to oppose. And then it says to resist infection, to resist temptation. I mean, they re really covered all the bases. Resist infection in your body. You need to resist it. We wonder what it means. Ask a cop what happens when somebody resists arrest. I mean, they're fighting. They're kicking and screaming and scratching and clawing. You need to resist. And that's part of it. You know, I, I remember When I was in many years ago, one of those times when I knew I had to walk with God and I had to trust God, I was in a communist guerrilla camp because God had told me to go to press in until I got into the enemy's camp. And when I finally got there, I asked them for permission to preach the gospel. They said, who are you? We know who you are. You're a member of the CIA. You've come here to spy on us. I thought, oh, good Lord. 
But when they, they said, we're going to find out the truth. We'll torture you until the truth comes out. And they, they asked me a question later in the conversation. They said, do you think we should be fighting? And I'm sitting there praying, and I said, Lord, how should I answer that? But then the Lord showed me that it's scriptural to fight for what you believe in. I said, we should all fight for what we believe in. And I said, I fight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I said, I choose to do it without a rifle. I'm just going to trust God. And I felt their words, you know, it's like they fell to the ground. Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. But it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle. It says in Psalms, in the time of trouble, you've probably never had trouble in your life. Huh? You live here in America where we walk on streets of gold and the government sends you a check every month, you know. The Bible says that in the time of trouble, I will hide you in my pavilion. And that's where we be because we live in a troubled world. We just need to believe that God is there for us. That he honors his word. Hallelujah. There is going to be a battle. And we need to fight. The Bible says we need to resist. But more than anything, we need to resist temptation. We need to resist Satan when those thoughts come that are not of God. Thoughts of doubt and pity and self-destruction. Doubts of fear. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. That's God's word. So when fear comes, you need to stand against it. You need to speak to it and say, be gone in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you. I will not entertain those thoughts. Because God is with me. And God is going to make a way in my life where there is no way. And so it's a personal battle. Oh, hallelujah. I think maybe it's hard to believe until we have gotten to that place where we have had to trust God totally in a situation where, you know, maybe the doctors say there is no hope. There's nothing we can do for you. Or you find yourself in an impossible situation where you have to turn to God because there's no other way. And when God moves in a supernatural way in your life, your faith goes up a notch. Or maybe it goes up two notches. And so when the hard times come, we just need to praise God. Somebody said we need to praise God until worship comes. And then we need to worship God until the glory comes. And when we get to that place where the glory of God comes, then we're in that place where he can do miracles in our lives. Hallelujah. Where the supernatural becomes more real to us than anything natural that's around us. When the power of God is manifest in our lives. Sometimes we're so awestruck that we can't even stand in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. He leaves us speechless sometimes. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, 
even when we were dead in trespasses, made us live together with Christ. He has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Are you seated there with him? In that place of authority where Satan can't touch you? Where you have authority over those demon spirits that are tormenting you? Do you believe that this word is true? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Mark 16, 14 says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at table, and he rebuked them. Now these are his disciples who walked with him and saw the many miracles. The Bible says he rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen from the dead. And he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. And then the Bible says, parting words of Jesus. The thing that you really need to know to get over in this life. He said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, and they will speak with new tongues, and they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And that's the authority that God has given you. We don't always take authority when we should. Sometimes we forget that that word is for us. Hallelujah. Matthew 10, 7. When he sent out his disciples, he said, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. And cast out demons. Take authority in my name. Leprosy. At that time, and I think leprosy still is, there is no medical cure for leprosy. Hallelujah. And I hear testimonies of the great things that God is doing in this hour in places like Mozambique. You know, Heidi Baker tells this story of the old woman sitting in front of her little hut in Africa in the hot sun. And she looks at her and she says, why isn't this woman sitting in the shade and not in the hot sun? But as she looked at her, she saw that her eyes were white and she was totally blind. And she went over to her and began to minister to her. And you know, Heidi, she likes to hug people. And she prayed for her. And she watched those white eyes begin to turn brown again. And the woman who had never seen had her sight restored. Oh, praise God.
God has not changed. Sometimes we think he's afar off. But the Bible says we've been drawn near by the blood of Jesus. God hasn't changed. Maybe we're bound with that spirit of unbelief. And we need to break through that. And get so close to God that we begin to see miracles again in our lives. To watch God come alongside of us and watch him manifest his power and his glory in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. We are his hands on this earth, the only hands he has. We are his voice on this earth. And so we need to speak his word to those who do not believe. Now, I was talking to an old farmer the other day, and he had a nosebleed. And that happens sometimes when your blood pressure gets over, you know, 200 or 250, whatever. And I said to him, I said, you know, you need to take authority over that. In the name of Jesus. And I knew when I said that he was going to get mad. But I also knew that for the next weeks and months, that's going to keep coming back to him. He's going to be out there and he's going to be mad. And he's going to be thinking about that. You need to take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Some people know the word. They know there is a God, but they're too busy. Too busy to seek him. Too busy to spend time with him. We need to set some time aside every day for the Lord. And we need to learn to praise the Lord at all times. Especially in times of trouble. That's when we really need to praise the Lord. I remember something really terrible happened to me, you know. Somebody said to me, what do you say about that? I just raised my hand. I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because whatever the devil meant for evil, God can turn for good. But we need to stand and we need to believe, hallelujah, that the word of God is true. That God is working in our behalf at all times. That God hasn't changed. He remains the same today and forever, hallelujah. That that word will work for me when I speak it in faith. Believing. You know, it'll even work sometimes when you don't believe it. If you'll just keep speaking it. Because the devil hears it. You know, somebody comes against you, you know, you can take a baseball bat and you start beating on him. And he might just stand there and take it. But I believe, brother, if you keep, if you keep it up, he's going to run. You can't stop. Yes. I don't know if you guys all know, but my wife was airlifted out to Fargo on Monday night. My heart was broke. She had bacteria meningitis on her brain and in her spine. Uh, the first day when the doctors came to me and talked to me, the one doctor that was in charge there told me that people that have this don't make it. And then the reports went on. 
I just got a phone call from my wife right now. She's coming home on Wednesday. Where it sounds. Yeah. What Gus is talking about here, and we talked through in our class this morning, it's not what the world brings into us and condemns us with. Grace, Christ conquered that part of it. And we are free in Christ, and we have the power of Christ through the Holy Spirit in us. And he manifested that through Cheryl this week. And it was through your praying and standing with us and empowering us. Thank you. Hallelujah. I have a testimony. How many of you were here, and this has been a couple, maybe two, three years, when we prayed over a blanket? And we sent it out west to a family who had lost a child in a fire. How many remember that? And I remember praying up here that the Spirit of God, that the healing power of God's Holy Spirit would abide in that blanket. And when they put that blanket over themselves, that God would touch them. And I tried to call the grandmother, who was a friend of mine. She said I'd never answered the phone because I knew I would break down and I couldn't talk to you. But a couple weeks ago, I saw her. And you know, she doesn't realize what God really did. And I didn't tell her how we prayed for that blanket. Someday I might. But that blanket touched a lot of people. And the healing power of God's Holy Spirit was in that blanket. And the little girl that they managed to save from the fire, and when they pulled her out, you know, she was pretty much comatose. Her face was black, her body was black, and they didn't know if she would survive. But praise God, she's doing well. But you know, the battle goes on. We shouldn't forget about people. We should keep praying for them. Those people that God has put in your path, there should be some people that you're praying for, who God is calling. God has put them in your path. You need to plead the blood of Jesus over them. You need to bind Satan over their lives so that they could receive Christ. You know, that doesn't mean that we have authority over people. We don't. People have a free will. But we have authority over demon spirits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when they manifest in other people, sometimes all you can do is say, God, protect me. Hallelujah. I remember preaching the gospel down in Mexico. and People come after me. I mean, they're going to throttle me. I could tell big people, you know, two feet taller than me. And, I, and, and in the middle of all that, I feel somebody standing behind me. I mean, it's like you have to turn around and look to see if he's really there. And you look and you don't see anything. But you feel his presence. It's an angel that's 12 feet tall. And all of a sudden, that guy who is coming at you and trying to... I mean, he's got fists. He's going to pound you good. And all of a sudden, his hands are bound. And he's thrown backwards. And he can't touch you. He can't even get close to you. 
Because there is a God in heaven who has power and authority on this earth, and we just need to hook up with him all closer than we have already. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. I'm looking at the clock. It's time to go. Let's all stand up. I want to pray for your wife. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you for the work that you have done in her life and that the work that you're doing. We just thank you that your glory is manifest in her healing. Father, we bind Satan over her life, over her mind, over her body. We command that body in the name of Jesus to become whole. Father, we thank you for that work, that mighty work you're doing in her life. We thank you that in the midst of everything that happens, she has the joy of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, that she can raise her hands and praise you because the answer has come. The answer came 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary where God, through the blood of Jesus, broke the power of Satan and healed all our diseases. It was done. Lord, we just thank you for faith to believe. I remember the testimony I heard, and this, this is a fresh testimony out of South Africa. A woman who was in a car accident, and she's all cut and bleeding. She looks over at her husband. He's cut and bleeding, but they're okay. And they look in the back seat of their car. They had two kids in the back seat of the car, and they were both gone. The, window, the back window had broken, and the kids had flown out. And so in the dark, she goes out and starts looking for her kids. And she found the first one, and he was still alive. And then she found the second one. And there was no sign of life. But this power of God came over her. She started crying out to God. The Spirit of God fell on her. She felt the power of God go through her, right through her toes. And then God spoke to her. He said, you don't need a miracle. You need faith. And I've been meditating on that. We just need faith to believe that the Word of God is true. That everything that was done was done for us. That this is the hour of power. This is the time of shaking. You know, I've been talking to a pastor in Mexico. He calls me every few days all summer long. When you coming, when you coming. But the other day he called me. After an 8.1 earthquake, and they were right in the epicenter of the earthquake. An 8.1 earthquake is enough to put your jaw out of, out of shape, out of joint. He said, we have felt earthquakes before, but we have never felt one like this. We are living in the last days when there will be a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit in the church. So we need to get ready. And we need to be in that place of power and dominion and authority. Hallelujah. So we can stand against the wiles of the enemy. Father, all over this place today, Whatever your trouble is, everybody's got a little trouble in their life. Say it with me. Satan, I bind you. I curse you and I cast you down. I plead the blood of Jesus over this situation.
I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I plead the blood of Jesus over my body. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for victory over this situation. I thank you that you are greater. That the enemy has no power over my life. I surround myself with the blood of Jesus. I cover my kids with the blood of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I, I come home sometimes at night and, and I think about the children of Israel. And I just reach up over the top of my door and I said, I just cover this house with the blood of Jesus. Oh, we need to do that. Our house, whatever that means to you. Your house. We're singles on the roof. Chimney's sticking out. Or your house. This body you walk around in. Or that house. That extended family. Your kids. Your parents. Your grandkids. Your great-grandkids. Your family. For me, it's bigger than that. People in Albania. People in Mexico. People in Honduras. Sometimes I see faces. I don't even know their names. And I just say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just cover that situation, whatever it is, with the blood of Jesus. Father, we just thank you today that as we go, we go in power and authority. We go to take dominion over the land. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we belong to you, that our armor is in place, that the darts of the enemy cannot touch us. Oh, hallelujah. That means you need to take your sword out of your scabbard and prepare for battle. Hallelujah. Father, we just ask you to bless these people today. You know, God said to Abraham with blessing, I will bless you. And Father, we just thank you for your blessings today. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for your presence here. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that sets us free. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.